Hi, I'm Dan, and I want to welcome you to Church Online. If it's your first time, please take a minute and fill out a quick guest link on our website after the broadcast. We would love to connect with you, no matter where you're watching from. You can also give online by going to lifechurchutah.com or by texting LCGIVE to 95577 at any time during this morning's service. Once again, thank you for making Life Church Online a part of your weekend. For more information, visit us at lifechurchutah.com. that anyone can be generous temporarily. Any one of us. We can easily adjust our actions and we're especially good at it when we want something. I remember as a kid, I wanted a fish tank so badly. I craved the fish tank and I was willing to give my mother anything she wanted. If she needed money or my time, kind compliments, my room cleaned three times a day, whatever it took, I was gonna give it to my mother. And one day on a Christmas morning, I received my fish tank. There is a thrill of victory written all over my face. All that giving, I finally received my fish tank. You know, that's not how we want to live life. We don't want to live life doing things for others and being nice to others, being a giver just because we know we're going to get something in return. God doesn't want us to live our life that way. And Alexandra, she's, she's learning this. She's learning that you can make adjustments to your actions to get what you want. I obviously have a wonderful wife who's teaching Alexandra many things. And she thought one thing that would be nice is for them to learn sign language. And one of our, uh, Amy, who's on our worship team, she's a sign interpreter, is always helping Tara learn more signs. So this is the sign for please. You just take your hand and kind of make a circular motion over your chest here and say, please, this means please. And Alexandra knows how to use that. There'll be a time where she says, uh, Daddy, can I have chocolate? I say, Alexandra, it's almost time for dinner. Daddy, please, can I have chocolate? <laughs> Alexandra, Mommy's making tortillas. But Daddy, I said, please. <laughs> she reminds me, Dad, look, I'm not just saying it. I'm, I'm showing you. And how can you say no to a two-year-old girl who's using sign language? <laughs> <laughs> just want, want chocolate before dinner. Surely it can't hurt. 
Well, trust me, parents, I know how to say no to her, and I have done that before. It's hard, but God gives me the strength to, to make that happen. But I do not want Alexandra to grow up learning that all she has to do to get her way is to adjust her actions. I want her life to be built on principles. I want it to be built on God's word. I want it to be built on his word that declares it's always better to give than to receive. And you don't just make temporary adjustments to your actions to become a giver. No, we become a a lover of Christ. We allow Christ to transform our heart and our life so that we're a giver, not just somebody who can give. There are going to be times when you don't need something. And you're going to need to be a giver anyway. There'll be times when people are taking from you, they're taking your energy, they're taking your money, they're taking all that you have. And you're going to say, you know what? I don't have anything left to give. But God says you can. There's something that you can give. And he still wants you to be a giver. Your decision to be a giver needs to be motivated by God's word, not by your feelings, not by people, not what they can do for you, but by the word of God. God, help me to be a person who is a giver, not just somebody who can give. On my office desk, I keep this in front of me. It's a little statute that they presented to us when we were ordained, and and Pastor John and I were actually ordained together in 2002, and they gave us this statute. This looks small, but I love it. It's perfect. It fits on my desk, and it reminds me of Christ and the love that he gave us and the lesson on giving that he gave Peter that particular night, because Jesus knew Peter those three years and mentored him those three years, but he chose this night to give Peter that important lesson. On a night that would be the most difficult night that Jesus would face. A night when Peter would deny him three times. And it was that night that Jesus said, that's that's my opportunity to give to you. And on the cross, we know that Jesus, he was being abused physically by the Romans. And the religious leaders of the day were abusing him emotionally. But on the cross, he died for us, and he gave us forgiveness. He gave us his blood that washes our sins away. It washes us clean from our past and all of our mistakes and all of our trauma and all of our sorrow. And he gives us life. He gives us a fresh start. He gives us hope. He gave us joy and peace. He gave us a a new home as we sang about, that this home, this place, uh, this earth is not our home, but he's preparing a place for us that where he is, we will be also. The Bible declares that that same power and privilege now lives in us. We just need to remind ourselves that selfishness is dead. It's no longer alive in us, but that spirit of Christ is alive in us. We're not bound to this sinful nature anymore that can take one moment and then try to give the next. No, we have been set free to live as Christ lived for us. We have been set free to live a life of giving. And in our giving, we find great power and we find great purpose. And the reason why we're alive on this earth. I love this quote by Winston Churchill. He says that, we, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. Are you making life today, or are you just breathing in oxygen? Are you making a difference in your world by your giving, or are you allowing your circumstances, are you allowing people to determine how you give and when you give and why you give? Let's make that determination that I live to give. Christ, you're alive in me. I no longer live, but your love is in me, and I live for you, and I know that you want to use me to be a blessing to other people. 
I'm not going to follow the pattern of this world. This pattern of the world says, take, take now and maybe, maybe give some later. You know, a couple weeks ago, I was bundling my, my cell phone and home security together. And as I was going through that process, they said to me, we also want to give you a free iPad. And I thought, oh, wow, this is the greatest company ever. I can't believe that they, they've chosen me. I'm just so excited about it. But then I began to think, and I've lived long on this earth to know that nothing's free on this planet, and there's always a catch to something. And so I began to ask some more questions, and I found out, yeah, it might be free on, on the front end, but not on the back end, because you had to set it up as a phone and pay $15 a month. So I knew that that, that iPad wasn't free. This world doesn't understand giving. Our flesh naturally will not understand giving. But today we're surrendering our life to God's word and we're going to live our life by his standards that bring blessings and not curses. We're going to make that decision to follow our Lord and Savior every day and every moment of our life. And there's a woman in 2 Kings chapter 4. She made her life count by her giving. And we're still thousands of years later talking about her. Let me share with you a small portion of her story. You have it in your notes from 2 Kings chapter 4. If not, it's in the screen behind me if you want to look there or pull out your notes. 2 Kings chapter 4 verse 8 says, One day Elisha went to Shunem, and a well-to-do woman was there who urged him to stay for a meal. So whenever he came by, he stopped there to eat. She said to her husband, I know that this man who often comes our way is a holy man of God. Let's make a small room for him on the roof and put him in a bed and a table and a chair and a lamp for him. Then he can stay there whenever he comes to us. Her life challenged me in three ways. First of all, true giving is relentless. True giving is relentless. Now, this is how you can test your giving. Are you a true giver? Is your giving relentless? Test it the next time you go out to eat with your friend. This is what usually happens, and yes, I've been there before, so I'm, maybe I'm sharing my own thoughts with you, that you're sitting there, and you've had a great lunch, and you're thinking, boy, that was a great lunch. I've enjoyed this time together. God, you've blessed me with a wonderful job. Maybe I should just pay for his meal and my meal, too. And so the waiter comes over, and the waiter says, will this be on one check or two? And faith rises up in our heart, and we say, one check. But your friend says, no, 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 I can pay for my own. And we say, okay, that's cool, that's cool. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to offend you by, you know, pushing the issue. You want to pay for yours, I get it. Let's, let's make that happen. That's not how this woman lived. The Bible said that this woman urged Elijah. That meant she was not taking no for an answer. She was going to pay for his meal until he gave in. She kept urging him. Her giving was relentless. Her giving did not come from a good idea. Her giving came from her heart, and her heart was not going to be satisfied until she blessed Elijah. And we can see that, you know, her motives were not to get something. She wasn't expecting something in return. She was just living a life of generosity. Is your giving relentless? Or do you easily put your wallet back in your pocket? And you know, it's not just about finances. We need to be people who are willing to give forgiveness. Jesus said that you're supposed to forgive somebody 490 times in one day. 
Of course, he was exaggerating to say, you never stop giving forgiveness. Our offer of forgiveness needs to be relentless. It's not something that we say, okay, I'm a good person. I forgave that person once. Pat yourself on the back. All right, twice, three times. God says you never stop. The reality is you don't keep track. True love doesn't keep a a record of wrongs. And so we have the love of God in our heart that says no matter what you do to me, I'm going to continue to forgive you. I'm going to continue to offer that to you because I have the love of God in me, not the love of myself inside of me. And you know, time. Time is another commodity that we need to give to others. And I want to give some props to one of our nursery workers, Brenda Barraza. But before I share her story, I wanted to give you the names of all of our nursery workers who give their time, and they give their peace and quiet, and sometimes they give their clean clothes. You never know when you have a blowout back there when you're doing a... I've been there before. It's dangerous. You lose clean clothes. (laughs) I have a backup in my office now. I guess I can get rid of it now, but I'll keep it there for now. But a big thank you for our nursery workers who every week... Every week are giving. Well, believe it or not, my mother told me that I would cry and scream when she would take me to the church nursery. I know that may shock you, but that's how I know nursery workers sometimes give their peace and quiet up on a Sunday morning because kids like myself walk in there crying their their head off. And uh, so what do you think happened when we started taking Alexandra to the nursery? She began to cry. Now, I do remember the first time uh, she tricked us. The first time we, I took her in there, and of course, Tara had me take her. And so the first time I took her in there, she, she was great. She was awesome. I'm like, this is a piece of cake. I don't know what parents are complaining about. This children's stuff's easy. And, uh, but the very next time I took her, sure enough, she was unhappy, and she let everyone know about it. It was like, Dad, you can take me once, but I'm not going to do this every week. Okay, just letting you know that I'm not going to do this every week. Of course, Brenda, that's where she comes in. And she noticed what was happening to me week after week. And she finally said to me, why don't you bring Alexandra over to our home? And Tara and I, we thought about it. And we were like, well, nothing else is working. Let's, let's do that. And so we did that. We took her over there to a few times to her home. And sure enough, the very next time we took Alexandra over there, uh, you know, she stopped crying. Now, I feel bad for Brenda because her house might be full, full of kids this week that have been crying in a nursery. <laughs> Leave Brenda alone for a couple of months. Try one of the other nursery workers. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> Brenda's giving was relentless. You know, it wasn't like she was doing her job coming into the nursery, clocking in, so to speak, and saying, okay, I'm done, I'm out of here, I'm glad I'm leaving that crying baby alone. No. She was going to continue to give to us until Alexandra was enjoying her time in her nursery. And now this is how I know she's a true giver because she would look at me like, why are you even talking about me? It was no big deal for me to do that. And it was to me. You know, most of us were willing to give an hour and a half to the nursery, maybe, right? Maybe. I hope maybe some of you will do that. But it wasn't enough for her. She had to give even more time to her. 
I believe our giving needs to be that way. It needs to surprise us. Or our giving should be so regular that it, that's, maybe it's uh, surprising to others, but it's not surprising to ourselves. That's the kind of giving we should have. It needs to be relentless. We need to be relentless in our giving, never giving up on people, never giving up on a difficult coworker, never giving up on your spouse, never giving up on your children, never giving up on your neighbors or whoever might be causing problems in your life. You're saying, God, I'm going to keep giving. I'm going to keep urging them that I need something to give to you. I need to give you Jesus. I need to give you truth. I need to give you love. I need to give you mercy and grace. God, help me to be a relentless giver. The next challenge the Shumanite woman gives us is that true giving is thoughtful. True giving is thoughtful. Now, anyone can give someone a birthday present or a Christmas present, but to sit, sometimes you sit there and think, you know what? It's not their birthday. It's not even Christmas. But what does that person really need in their life? God's going to bring you to people all around you. He's going to bring you to these people, and you're going to have to start thinking, thinking about what they need. And I've done this before, and God's really saved my life when I'm driving. He's, he's taught me to think about others because when they cut me off, especially when they cut me off and slow down, I want to just lay on the horn for about five minutes just to help them, to remind them, to say, hey, did you know you did that? You know, you want to teach people, right, while you're driving out there. You just want to be a help to them. But instead of laying my, my hand on the horn, I start thinking. I start thinking, what if they're going to the doctor's office to get bad news? What if they're late for work because their children were being difficult? And God has helped me to think about others. And you know what happens? I begin to calm down as I begin to think about them. Not about myself, not about where I need to go. I start thinking about them. That's how, that's, that's true giving. True giving is thoughtful. You might have a coworker that's getting on your nerves, but it's time to start thinking, you know what? What do they really need in their life? Not what do they deserve, not what, they, what, what do they have coming to them, but God, what do they need? Because they're hurting inside. I've learned that. I hope you've learned that in life. If somebody's causing you pain, it's because there's pain inside of them. What did we learn before? Rick Warren says, hurting people hurt people. And it's up to us to stop that vicious cycle, to stop it from going on, from continuing, because we just, our flesh just wants to join in in that action and, and offer some more hurt back to them. But God has called us to a higher purpose. God has joy. He's given us a greater power not to hurt others, but to help others, to bless others, to encourage others, to smile when they're not smiling back at us. That's what God's called us to do, and it's a high calling, and I pray that you're doing it every day of your life. And I want you to be a thinker as you're giving. This last challenge that she gave to us is true giving is extravagant. True giving is extravagant. So her giving to Elijah started with a meal, and then she started thinking, what else can I do for Elijah? And then she started thinking, well, I can, I can provide a room for him. But it could not be any old room. It had to be a brand new room with all the latest and greatest amenities. Now remember, when you're reading the Bible, it's important to think. Think about what you're reading because you could read this and think, what are you talking about? The latest and greatest amenities. All she gave him was a table and a chair and a bed and a lamp. That sounds like just the basics. Poor guy, he could have used a recliner. Maybe a TV would have been nice. Jacuzzi. I mean, if it's going to be extravagant, it's those things. Well, no, in that day and in that era, a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp 
That was like she was building him a bedroom in the ocean. She was giving him a five-star experience. Her giving was extravagant. And that's what God has called us to do. And I've met these unicorns before because that's what this lady is. She was a unicorn. She was a unique individual unlike any other. Tara's mom, my mother-in-law, is one of those individuals. You know, I am her son-in-law of apply, and she's going to supply with abundance in my life. And you might well say, well, she's your family. Of course she's going to do that for you. But I have been a firsthand witness of how she treats other people. I remember uh, there's so many stories, and uh, I remember this one particular one 20 years ago when we, she used to be a part of Life Church, and she was here, and, and it, Tara and I were first married, and we, we thought, okay, we can't buy a lot of gifts, but we can make, Tara could make goodies. She can make good desserts. And so we got in the kitchen together, and we started baking. All right, I did most of the cleanup, but I was still a part of the team. I believe. I was, I, was, I was a part of the team. And so together we made these, these goodies and we put them on a nice plate and we included her mom on that. And so we were so excited to give this plate of delicious goodies to her and she was so excited to receive them until she realized, I've run out of time. I, I, have, I didn't have the time to get our senior pastor at, uh, at that time a present. And so she took this plate of goodies and gave it to him. And I was like, What? <laughs> That was my best impression. I could not believe she just took this plate of goodies, didn't even try to taste them. I mean, who gives away the best goodies in the world to somebody? Unicorn givers do. Are you ready to be a unicorn giver for Christ? You're ready to shock people by your giving? Matthew chapter 5, I know you've heard this verse before. It's a powerful verse. Listen to it again. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. If anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, give them, your, give them your, over, your coat as well. Hand them your overcoat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. I used to take this verse and I used to make the application that you were going to be a restrained person. You know, you are never going to get in a fight. You're going you're to restrain yourself. Well, this verse is deeper than that. It's more than just restraining yourself. Jesus was teaching his disciples that you need to be givers even when someone is trying to hurt you. You want to transform your marriage? Live by that rule. If you want to bring your boss to Jesus, live by that rule. If you really want to see peace on earth, let us all start living the way God has commanded us to live and we will see the greatness of his love transforming our situations. Now, I, I do need to preference what I just said by saying this. You know, if you're in an abusive relationship, you need to get out of that relationship. You need to get that person out of your life, but don't remove that person from your prayer list. And you can't take all your money and give it away, but you must give 10% of it to God. It's called our tithe. It's the foundation of blessing in your life. And then keep your ears open because God's going to speak to your heart about giving more than your tithe. It's not just about, you know, again, remember Brenda checking off the nursery? I'm done. No, you're not done. God's going to say, I want you to give more because he has more to give to you. And you can't take all 168 hours of your week and give them away. But you know what? I believe you can give more than two hours to God in a week this message is not about being foolish with your resources. It's about allowing God to do so much more in your life than just receiving. He wants to do so much more through your giving. And he wants to be a blessing through your life. God's made us 
to be givers. Jesus died on the cross and he set us free, not so that we can sit around just taking and receiving and building up our bank account and building up nice homes for ourselves and just having nice things for our own enjoyment. No, Jesus died on the cross so that we can give those things and we can be a funnel of his blessing and we can make a difference in this world and we can shine a light in darkness. That's what God has called us to, and that is what he has set us free to do. And there's so much more about this Shumanite woman's story. What you need to know about her is that God blessed her with her own son. She didn't have a child, and God blessed her with a son, but that son died. But then God heard the prayer of Elisha, and that son was brought back to life. And we can pick up her story in 2 Kings chapter 8. Now the tide uh, uh, for Israel had shifted. Bad times came. And they had a famine in the land, and this woman had to leave her home for over seven years. But God brought his blessing upon Israel again, and she came back. But now her home belonged to the king. And so she had to go before the king to receive her home back, or a request to receive her home back. And let's pick it up in verse 4. It says, The king was talking to Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, and had said, Tell me about all the great things Elisha has done. Just as Gehazi was telling the king how Elijah restored the dead to life, the woman whose son Elijah had brought back to life came to appeal to the king for her house and land. Gehazi said, This is the woman, my lord the king, and this is her son whom Elijah restored to life. The king asked the woman about it, and she told him. Then he assigned an an official to her case and said to him, Give back everything that belonged to her, including all the income from her land from the day she left the country until now. Do you want to be blessed? Do you want to have an abundance in your life? Do you want to have God's provision come upon you even in difficulties? Hear my heart and hear hear the truth. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you're walking uh, through the park whistling all the time. Doesn't mean you have a you just you're just laying in the roses all the time. You do discover difficulties, but it's in those difficult moments that you discover God's greatest blessings. And when you stay true to God and you stay true to His principles and you stay true to being a giver, God will bless you and He will bless you with an abundance. It wasn't a coincidence that this woman walked in just as her story was being told. God had his hand upon her, being guided by his word. He was her shepherd, and he was guiding her beside still waters, and he was leading her beside into greener pastures. I want God to bless me. I want God to guide me. I want God to direct my life. I want God to use me to be a blessing. I pray that your heart is open to him, ready to receive from him, ready to be a blessing to all of those that God brings your way. Now, I can share a piece of personal information with you. Giving is my weakness. Now, if I would have shared that in the beginning, you might have left, but you might as well stay because I'm almost done. (laughs) Giving is my weakness. Now, I can tell you, giving my finances to God has never been a problem. My parents taught me to give my tithe, and on top of that, I've always given above that. But outside of giving my finances to God, I'm not a natural giver. It just doesn't happen naturally for me. When I see one plate left, uh, one cookie left on the plate, I'm thinking to myself, how can I get that cookie before Tara does? You know, what, when can I get it without her noticing? You know, and now I've got Alexandra to battle. I'm like, you know, it's, it's, it's tough, people. You know, so that's, that's my personality. 
11 years ago, I went through this Wild at Heart book, and it was a great time for me to go on a personal journey of my entire life. One of the things I recognized, I, um, my dad used to lovingly call me his mistake because he was done with kids after he had my brother and sister. But my mom knew one more kid needed to be born, so four years late came along. But when I was two, my mom went back to work. So my brother and sister are in school. My mom's back at work. My dad, he worked midnight, so there was a good portion of that day time that he was sleeping, and I was home alone, and I liked it. <laughs> I didn't have to share toys. I didn't have to listen to anybody else. I could do whatever I wanted to and about 11 years ago, I discovered how that created a selfish spirit in my life. And I'm glad I discovered that weakness in my life because it's something I pray about. I have to really think about giving. I have to really think about others. It's just not natural for me. And I know there's about three or four of you unicorns out there that you, you're just good at it. You, just, you could have went home about an hour ago and you know, just been fine, but I'm glad you stayed anyways because you just naturally about that because you always want to make sure you're investing God's life and God's word into you. But for the majority of us, I want to pray over your life and I want to pray over my life and say, God, today, help me to be a giver. God, today, help me to be a an extravagant giver. You might need $5, and, and I might have that $5 for you. And I might think, okay, I can do that. But what more can I do? What more can you do for God? What more can you do for him at your job? There's a difference you can make in people's lives. There's a difference you can make at the grocery store today, at a restaurant today, at, at wherever you go today, wherever you're going. If you carry this giving spirit inside of you, God will care for others to let them know that there is a God and that God is alive. And that God is not just alive, but he's here for them. He's here to bless them and encourage them and give them life and turn them into a giver as well. And then you can see how this turns the vicious cycle of hoarding. Get out of that vicious cycle of taking and you open up a, a, a powerful cycle of giving. How this world can be changed. How your home can be changed. How our communities can be changed. But it all starts right here in our hearts. And I just want to pray over you. So would you stand prayer a blessing over you? I want to invite our prayer team up at this time because if you are going through a hard time, your blessing to pray with you, whether it's a physical uh, issue or financial issue, just going through a hard time, our prayer team's here to pray with you. But I did anticipate that this message would be one that you would receive and you would just immediately take it out there. Maybe your normal Sunday routine is to talk to this person or that person. Or maybe it's the first person to get out of the parking lot. Why don't you change your mind today? and spend a little bit time with somebody else that you've never spent. And you usually say, fine, and you move on. Why don't you give somebody more time? Why don't you give them more of your heart? Why don't you give them some kindness, some compassion, some love today? And when you start practicing it, it becomes a habit. And it's not just on Sundays you do this. It's all, it's for the rest of your life. This is Pastor Eric. Thanks so much for checking out our Life Church podcast. We pray that it's a blessing to you. For more information about Life Church, check us out at lifechurchutah.com.